Welcome to Me Time, the podcast for women in midlife who've been taking care of everyone else and now say, it's my turn to take care of me. I'm Kim Aceto, health and self-care coach for women in midlife and your host. Thank you for spending your precious me time with me right now. Enjoy the show. Okay, so today I've invited Rowena List back on the podcast. Let me tell you about Rowena. Uh, Rowena is from the website gettingittogether.ca. That is Rowena's website. Uh, Rowena is a professional organizer, coach, and speaker. She believes in success without struggle, which means clearing out what no longer serves you and making room for the things that bring you joy. She's been self-employed since 19, and before that, was a child entrepreneur selling goods from her bicycle basket. When Rowena's not working, you'll find her hiking, skiing, golfing, biking, reading, or enjoying a gourmet coffee with a dear friend. Rowena, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. And I look forward to enjoying that gourmet coffee with you soon. Same here. It has been a while, hasn't it? Jeez. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I really like to have you on the podcast around the beginning of the year, because that's usually when people are taking stock of, you know, their lives and, and the things that they have and the things that they want for themselves in the coming year. Um, And of course, you know, this past year, we've all been, you know, pretty much in our houses for most of our lives. Um, and so I find that people are looking around a lot more at the stuff that they have and, uh, you know, kind of considering, you know, organizing and decluttering and, and those types of things. At least those things are coming up a lot with my clients. Um, you know, they're spending so much more time at home, so they want their home to be a place that promotes, um, you know, who they want to be and um, how they want to live. So, I want to ask you to come on here and kind of talk about that stuff. We've talked about decluttering before, but I want to talk to you about that. But I also want to talk to you not just about clearing out stuff, but once that is managed, once people have decluttered things in their homes, um, what do they do with incoming stuff, right? Because a lot of people are, you know, they're buying stuff online more. I think I'm going to assume they're buying more stuff online. Um, You know, we still have mail coming in that hasn't changed, you know, so I want to talk about, you know, what do we do with the stuff that comes in? Well, first of all, do you think people are buying more right now? It certainly seems like they are, Kim, just based on the lobby of where I live and how every single day it is loaded with packages from Amazon and, you know, stores and the FedEx guy is here till nine, 10 at night sometimes and uh, Pure Later and UPS, they're all here delivering. And I think that people are filling a void by shopping and they think, well, I can't travel and I can't see my friends, I can't see my family. So why don't I buy myself a new whatever? But do they really need that new whatever? They just think that they do because they're sitting there 
sort of scrolling through their computer and come across some you know, advertisement or whatever. So the, the, the bottom line is really to think before you purchase anything, do I really need this? Is this a need or is it a want? Hmm. Yeah. And it's so easy to buy things now, right? I mean, like when stores started to close and we couldn't physically go into shops and, you know, people are going to be listening from all over the world. So the situation is going to be different everywhere where people are listening. But there was a time, I think, in most countries around the globe where, you know, we were told to stay home, right? We had to stay home um, and not go to restaurants or stores and, and things like that. But we already had an online shopping network, right, where we can go to any of our favorite stores and just click and, you know, something will be delivered to our homes in the next couple of days. And it's just become more and more convenient to buy things. So I really like how you, you know, encourage people to pause and think, do I really need this? And so how does somebody know if they need something then, as opposed to want? What do you, what do you think? Well, I think if, you know, if that item were lost in a flood or a fire, would you replace it? Hmm. I was chatting with a client the other day and she had ordered a sort of a bluey green nail polish from Amazon. And, you know, the packaging that first of all, the packaging this thing came in and then all of that stuff that needs to be recycled. And the fact that, you know, there's a driver out there driving around, you know, she's down a dead end road and, you know, they're trying to find her place without any judgment does a person need to have that nail polish some people would say yes because it brings them joy and they would replace it if it was lost in a flood or a fire and other people would say well no i don't need that it was more of a want it was an impulse so we have to ask ourselves you know is it something that we would replace if it was lost in a flood or a fire and i think that most people nowadays with being you know in our situation now for well over a year they realize how very little they do need and how much simpler their lives can be which then in turn gives them a lot of freedom and a lot of spare time to do the things that they really want to do and be with the people that they really want to be with mm -hmm. yeah i think we've talked about it in the past but i mean those are the things that really bring us joy right i mean there's so many studies on what makes us happy and what fills our hearts and souls and all of that right and it's not stuff it's not another pair of shoes or earrings or something like that. It's time spent with friends and family and going on adventures and experiences and creating memories. Like those are the things that we should really be seeking. Most definitely. I, I totally agree. And, you know, that, but that there's, you know, there's people that live, you know, sort of, let's just say in quotes, uh, you know, a regular life. There's people that want to live a more minimalistic life. And then there's people that want to be essentialisms, which are really just living with essential things. And so they don't have the extra pair of earrings. You know, I'm not even that far extreme. I believe in having things around me that bring me joy and beauty. But what's the limit? You know, how many 
pairs of shoes does a person need? How many pairs of earrings does a person need? How many nail polishes does a person need? And everybody would answer that differently, but I think there's got to be sort of a norm where you say, okay, you know, three or four pairs of shoes is sort of a normal, but if you have 500, well, there's just not even enough days in the year to be able to wear those for one thing. And, you know, you've got to store them. You know, everything that you have that you say yes to, you have to say no to something else. So if you say yes to 500 pairs of shoes, you're saying no to having freedom away from stuff or, you know, having, having to clean them and dust them and store them and be worried about them and all of that sort of stuff. So whatever you're saying yes to, realize that you also have to say no to something else. And that might help your listeners in trying to decide whether or not they need to buy something or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting because it's not much different than some of the work I do sometimes with my clients where they are impulse eating, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Deciding, should I, you know, should I eat this? Should I not? Um, And it's, you know, it's just so convenient to go into the pantry or into the fridge or into the cupboard and, you know, grab that unhealthy snack and eat it. But, you know, it has to go somewhere, just like our items that we bring in the house, right? Um, Exactly. It's easy to easier to hide um, stuff that you buy and just put in your house, right? Like, we don't know, we walk around, we don't know who likes to buy lots of things. Oh, most definitely. And, and the thing is that for, for a lot of people, the retail therapy happens at the time of the click, you know, whether they're clicking on their computer or whether they're tapping their card at the checkout. And that's where they get the buzz. And then when they bring it home, then it's like, oh, now I got to figure out what to do with this. And, you know, the things become invisible to those that are around it so you know when I come into somebody's place I can see a lot more clutter than what they're seeing because they're living with it they're getting used to it just like we get used to an extra five or ten pounds around the middle we learn to live with that right let's talk about um, you know not necessarily things that we intentionally buy, but all the mail and stuff that we get. Uh, Now, I live in like a condo residence, as I believe you do too, where there's a lobby where you can collect your mail in little boxes. And right next to it is a little recycle bin where you can just toss ads or toss things immediately. But a lot of people live in homes where the mail is possibly dropped into a chute in their front door, right into their home already. So the the mail's inside their home before they can even get rid of it, right? So now they have to actively, and it's a lot harder now to walk it over or to decide what you're going to get rid of or whatever. So what do we do with mail and papers that, you know, we don't necessarily choose to come in, but we have to do something with them? Oh, well, Kim, there is where the operative word choose I think it's about stopping things from coming into our house before they get there. So let's choose to put ourselves on a, you know, 
I call it, it's, there's a sticker that I have on my mailbox that is a red dot. And the red dot is an indication that the postie cannot put anything into my mailbox unless it's specifically addressed to me. So I don't even get any of the flyers that I would then recycle into the bin right then and then. I don't get any sort of junk mail. And, you know, nowadays, most companies want us to be paperless. So setting up all your bills to be paperless and setting up so that you're not getting junk mail and flyers. You're going to have so very little mail. I check my mailbox, you know, once a week. There's hardly ever anything in there. Mm-hmm. And I think we all, myself included, you know, when I open my mailbox and there's nothing in there, I'm like, oh, darn. I don't know what I was expecting. I don't know if I was expecting, you know, a card from somebody or um, even a even a bill or something. You know, it's kind of a point of connection when we receive mail. It is a point. It's not kind of. It is a point of connection when we receive mail. And it's becoming less and less as time goes on. So, you know, stopping things before they get into your home. If you are the type of person that likes to get flyers, then having a recycling bin right by where you collect your mail so that you can quickly look at it and recycle it, or having a a place, an inbox, where everything goes and once a week you go through that inbox that's where you create good habits and you take 15 minutes once a week and you go through that inbox beside your shredder beside your recycling bin and you look at the items and you either shred them or recycle them or if it's something that needs to be filed or dealt with then you need to file it or deal with it right then and there what happens is a lot of people pick up their mail, they open it as soon as it comes in, then they lay it down somewhere, then it gets in a big pile, then later on they pick it up, and then they think a month later, oh my gosh, I don't think I paid that bill, or have I done my taxes? And so then they go through that pile again. They're touching things so many times and wasting so much time and effort by not having a system and not having some good habits in place. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I, I always look at things through the lens of health, right? And um, it's funny, you know, you're talking about trying, you're trying to avoid even having it come in in the first place, mm-hmm. right? So setting up paperless um, mail and like I talked about getting rid of something before it even enters your home. Um, and, and the same is true for, for unhealthy foods, right? I mean, it's a lot harder to get rid of once it's in our home and it's right there for us, you know, so easily to consume. I really like the, the weekly kind of uh, organization or purge or whatever of, of your inbox. It, it, uh, well, your physical inbox you're talking about, right? Yes. So physical mail that comes in, right. And having a shredder right next to that box and it keeps it manageable, right? Cause I think over time it can build up and then just like anything, it becomes such a big problem that it's, kind of hard for us to, to start to tackle it because it just seems so overwhelming. But after just a week of mail, then it seems a lot more manageable. 
it, it's so true, Kim. And you know what you and I do really are, you know, side by side because if somebody, you know, needs to lose 50 pounds or a hundred pounds uh, or more, it, it seems so overwhelming and so daunting and almost impossible, even though it's not just like if you had to organize a year's worth of papers and you had stacks and stacks of papers everywhere, it's very easy to get discouraged if you don't see some instant results and immediate gratification because we are programmed now to have immediate gratification and instant results. And that's why starting with baby steps, the baby steps of doing 15 minutes a day for your or 15 minutes a week for your, your physical inbox of your mail and flyers and, and that sort of thing. And even, you know, when it comes to your expertise is breaking it down into those bite-sized pieces so that people can see some results right away. And it's all about, you know, I can't emphasize this enough. It's about not bringing it into your home. So even when you're at the grocery store and you're tempted by all of the things that are there uh, to be mindful and ask yourself, if I'm saying yes to this bag of cheesies, what am I saying no to? And I'm saying, yes, I want these cheesies. No, I'm not gonna have good health. No, I'm not going to be getting healthier or losing the weight I want to be losing. I'm putting chemicals into me. You know, you have to stop, pause and have that conversation with yourself, which takes nanoseconds. And what I have found now too, which is even a little bit more challenging is because there's arrows everywhere. I never used to go in the center of the grocery store. All my shopping was on the outside, which is where all the healthy stuff is. And now they force you with these arrows to go up and down. So we are now even having to combat that and have to speak to ourselves and say, hey, wait a minute, you know, look at all this stuff that's in this aisle that I've never, ever been down. Well, there's a reason for that. And let's just carry on so that we can get to the next aisle to get to where it is that we want to go. You are exactly right. I mean, I haven't really thought of it that way, but the way that my grocery store is set up is you have to walk down the, um, the, the ice cream section. Like that's the first aisle. And I would assume that more people are bu probably buying ice cream. I wonder if they are at that grocery store, but yeah, you have to walk down that grocery. I mean, that uh, ice cream aisle first, but that is a, that's really interesting that you pick that up. Um, yeah. With the well, arrows food sales and, have, have just skyrocketed. I bet. The, you know, during the pandemic. For sure. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you a question that I have, a personal issue that I have every year, is what do I do with all these really cute and thoughtful um, holiday cards that I get at the end of every year? Um, what, do, what, what do you do with yours or what do you suggest I do with mine or, or others do with theirs? Right, yeah, that's a great question. Kim, because, you know, people have spent time to send you something and write something thoughtful, but we can't keep everything. You know, this is the thing is that at some point, somebody has to make a decision about that stuff that we have kept. So there's a couple of things I have set up with my clients. They might have one small box. So my 
computer is actually sitting on a box. And I set this up with somebody else and they put in the one or two very special ones that stand out for them. And they'll put those cards into that box. It's sort of like a love box. But you know, the thing is that over years, it's going to get full and you're going to say to yourself, oh, I need a bigger box. Uh-uh. No, that's not what happens. You then have to go through and purge and there's maybe some that have, you know, taken a higher priority, so to speak. Um, I don't like to use the word they've, you know, one card has trumped the other, but it basically <laughs> has, right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that you love that person less or that they don't mean as much. It's that none of that. Don't read into it. It's just, we can't keep everything. And so having your limit, which is your size, just like if you had a, a tote for your children to put their keepsakes in, you know, one tote per child, once that tote is full, if you want to add more to it, then you have to mindfully purge out some of the other things that are you know not as significant any longer and be rotating that i you know i keep very few of those sorts of things those cards i i have a couple of them and you know i've got a friend her mother reuses christmas cards and she makes them into cards for next year so i felt great about giving those to her but myself, personally, Kim, over the last few years, I have stopped sending holiday cards, Christmas cards, in lieu of taking that money that I would spend on cards and postage and donating it to the food bank on behalf of all of my friends and family. So I send them, you know, quite often I talk to people, so I'll wish them, uh, you know, happy holiday and Merry Christmas. And if not, then I might send a, an email out to everybody and say, you know, this year on behalf of uh, our friendship and behalf of you, I'm sending money to the food bank instead of sending a holiday card. And so that, you know, there's places like that that need the money. There's places like the search and rescue that need the money. And for me, it just is a great feeling and several other people have followed in my footsteps once they've heard that idea. I love that idea so much that that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, let me ask you about photos, like physical photos that we have and, and albums and all of that before we had digital stuff. Um, now I had another guest on who said, who recommended for photos to um, scan them and keep them on your computer. Because uh, that's a, a, a great way to, you know, have and store and keep all of your photos without them taking any physical space. Would you say the same about photos? Uh, yes and no. I have a tote that has, it's a small tote and it has my photos in it. And over the years I have downsized and downsized with photos. It is a big job for most people. And it's not something that I would suggest people do right away. I think they need to get the rest of their house organized and work on photos as a gradual project because it, it can be huge. I had the photo albums that you peel back the page and then the pictures were stuck. 
and you try to lift those pictures off and a lot of times they're ripping, they're stuck to the page. You know, it's a, it's a big job. And I downsized those. I, I had 12 photo albums on a, of a trip that I had taken to Europe when I uh, was 18. And I downsized them all into just a small envelope. Again, it comes back to why are you keeping them? And who really wants them anyway? Most people think, oh, well, I'm going to look through my photos when I'm older, or I want them just in case I want to look through them. But most people aren't spending their time going back and reminiscing through their photos. Yes, if they have kids, yes, if there's a significant birthday that you want to put together a collage, or quite often it's when a person passes away that somebody wants a bunch of photos to do a screen uh, slideshow. Uh, but why are you keeping the photos that you're keeping? Your kids aren't going to want a majority of them, probably almost none of them. I kept a few of my mom's photos, but they were her photos. They were her memories. And so many of the photos didn't even have anything on the back. You didn't even know who the people were and when the picture was taken. Stay present, be in the moment, soak it all in. And yes, if you've got lots and lots and lots of photos, then purge, 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 and then you can scan them and put them onto your computer or have one tote. Mm, great. So Rowena, since the world is still virtual um, right now, I know you work with your clients. Um, you do work with them in person, but you're also capable of working with clients virtually. Um, what are some of those services that you offer virtually for people who might be interested in um, you know, seeking some more help from you um, in any of these areas that we've talked about? Yeah, great. Thank you, uh, Kim. Well, basically, it's done either over Zoom or over the phone, <clears throat> whatever works best for the person. If they're local, I am seeing people in the, you know, with using all of the precautions and the keeping the restrictions in mind. Uh, but I am doing it all under the guidelines of our health authorities. One of the big things that I'm working on right now for a lot of people is their estate organizing. And this is a whole nother uh, episode for us, but it's where, you know, getting people's wills and power of attorneys and their estates all in order so that at the time of their passing, it makes their job of the executor, executrix, just so streamlined. So that's something that we can be doing, you know, over Zoom, over the phone, uh, through coaching and consulting. And that's where most of, you know, most of my work's done. If somebody needs help with photos, their garage, and they're not local, then we take some pictures, we do some video time, and I'm basically right there on their shoulder as they're doing the decluttering and setting up the systems. Mm -hmm. So it's all manageable. We can work around any situation. Right. That's great. That's great. I know a lot of people could really use that right now, not just the education, like the things we've been talking about right now is, you know, what to do with these things, but also the accountability. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, someone to, like I do with my clients, you know, walk beside them on this journey 
uh, without judgment and just really care about them and their well-being and what they want to accomplish. And, it, you know, it being a passion of ours, we have, we, we do different things, but it's definitely something we, we love to do and we love to help people with. Um, so it's great that you're able to provide some of these services virtually, and I can see how they work just as fine. That's great. Yeah, yeah, they do. And, you know, I have a YouTube channel and I put out a monthly newsletter that has tips in it. And then on my website, I also have a downloadable free ebook at gettingittogether.ca. So there's ways that they can stay in touch and, you know, get some tips and some motivation. And like you say, walk beside our clients, be there for them. Mm. Well, there is no one that I know, I can say, that walks the walk and talks the talk as well as you do, Rowena. Uh, we are looking at each other right now, and you look just as great as you did before the pandemic uh, started. Your house is organized. I can see it behind you. Um, things are put in their place, um, and you're, you're always as healthy and, ha and happy as you've, I think, ever been. Uh, we, we haven't had a, as much of a chance to connect, but I really can't wait till we can have that coffee, just like you said. Yeah. And a big hug. Oh, that would be so great. I would love yeah. that. And you're Good. tall like me. So, so we have a, we, we have a nice, nice hug. <laughs> we do. Yes, we do indeed. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Kim. it's always a pleasure to be on your show and you know, starting the year off. I just wish you all the best of success and health and happiness for 2021. Thank you, Rowena. Same to you. If you find the Me Time Midlife podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. The best way is to simply tell your midlife friends about it. It also helps the show's visibility if you rate and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or simply directly in your Apple Podcasts app if you listen to the show that way. And if you want more Me Time in your life and continue the conversations we have on the show with other women on a similar journey, consider joining our Me Time Midlife Community on Facebook. Simply search for Me Time Midlife Community in your Facebook search bar or go to metimemidlifepodcast.com to learn more. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, remember, you've been taking care of everyone else. It's your turn to take care of you.